0: A reading from Zephaniah. I said, surely the city will fear me. It will accept correction. It will not lose sight of all that I have brought upon it. But they were the more eager to make all their deeds corrupt. Therefore, wait for me, says the Lord, for the day when I arise as a witness. For my decision is to gather nations to assemble kingdoms, to pour out upon them my indignation, all the heat of my anger. For in the fire of my passion, all the earth shall be consumed. At that time, I will change the speech of the peoples to a pure speech, that all of them may call upon the name of the Lord and serve him with one accord. From beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, my suppliants, my scattered ones, shall bring my offering. On that day, you shall not be put to shame because of all the deeds by which you have rebelled against me. For then I will remove from your midst your proudly exultant ones, and you shall no longer be haughty in my holy mountain for I will leave in the midst of you a people humble and lowly. They shall seek refuge in the name of the Lord, the remnant of Israel. They shall do no wrong and utter no lies, nor shall a deceitful tongue be found in their mouths. Then they will pasture and lie down, and no one shall make them afraid hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people.
1: All right. Thanks A reading from the Gospel according to Luke. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and took his place at the table. And a woman in the city who was a sinner, having learned that he was eating in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster jar of ointment. She stood behind him at his feet, weeping, and began to bathe his feet with her tears and to dry them with her hair. Then she continued kissing his feet and anointing them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw it, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Jesus spoke up and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Teacher, he replied, speak. A certain creditor had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debts for both of them. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the greater debt. And Jesus said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning towards the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? Hence, she has shown great love. But the one to whom little is forgiven loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. But those who were at the table with him began to say amongst themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people.
3: and all for your love's sake. Amen. Grant, O God, to all your people, as your servant Margaret of Cortona, the spirit of repentance and supplication, that we might seek and desire nothing in this transitory life above you through Jesus Christ our Lord.
1: Tonight we honor Margaret of Cortona. Margaret was born into modest circumstances in Laviano, Italy in the year 1247. Her mother died when she was seven years old and her father remarried. By the time she was a teenager, Margaret and her stepmother had developed great animosity toward one another. It is reputed that because Margaret was a strikingly beautiful woman, her stepmother seethed with jealousy. The home situation became untenable for Margaret, and at age 17, she met the son of Guglielmo de Pecora, Lord of Valliano, and ran away with him. She found herself installed in the Lord's castle, but as the son's mistress, not his wife the differences between their social classes being a social impediment to their marriage. The castle was near Montepulciano, so despite her rather awkward circumstances, we can at least hope she drank some excellent wine. In time, Margaret bore a son. One day her lover went out hunting, and when his favorite hound came home that evening without him, Margaret went on a search with the hound who eventually led her to his murdered body. Not wanted by her lover's family and with no legal standing in the Lord's castle, Margaret and her child returned to her father's home, but her still jealous stepmother refused to take them in. With nowhere to turn, Margaret sought shelter with the Franciscan friars at Cortona, who provided her and her son with food and shelter. Margaret became attracted to the religious life, and in the year 1277, after three years of probation, she joined the Third Order of St. Francis and chose to live in poverty. Following the example of Francis of Assisi, she begged for sustenance. She pursued a life of prayer and penance and Cortona, and there established a hospital for the sick and for the homeless and the impoverished. To secure nurses for the hospital, she instituted a congregation of tertiary sisters known as le poverelle, Italian for the little poor ones. Her son eventually became a Franciscan friar. Margaret died on February 22nd, 1297, and her body lies in a silver casket in the church of Santa Margareta in Cortona. After 400 years, her body was declared by the Pope to be incorrupt, a belief in the Roman Catholic Church that divine intervention allow some human bodies to avoid the normal process of decomposition completely or partially after death as a sign of their holiness. Most commentators focus on Margaret's penance and devotion to the neediest as a woman religious and rightly so. Among other things, she is the patron saint of the homeless, of penitent women and for people who are ridiculed for their piety. But Margaret is also the patron saint of single mothers. As a son of a woman abandoned by her spouse, my mother, also a Margaret, was compelled to care for her two young children without the benefit of a husband. I am intimately aware of how difficult and at times precarious this made my mother's life. I'm equally aware at how sacrificial she was to provide for her children and the love that propelled her to do so. Because of my background, it is to this particular aspect of Margaret's single motherhood that I feel drawn to. She was a young woman who, in seeking a place of acceptance and safety from a turbulent home life, misplaced her trust in a man with whom she sought to build a life, but he betrayed her. It's an age old story, repeats itself every single day with women and their children being placed in the direst of circumstances by men and or their families who will not assume their right responsibility to care for them. Yet, Yet, these single mothers persevere. Amazingly so. I have witnessed it many times in my life, including my own. In our Gospel reading from Luke, we hear the story of the woman who bathes Jesus' feet with her tears and anoints them with oil. Now, I find this story an odd lectionary choice. I find a lot of the lectionary odd, actually, for Margaret of Cortona. Perhaps the story of the widow at Zarephath and her son or Hagar and Ishmael are more reflective stories of women and their sons who have been cast into dire circumstances. But what does stand out in the appointed gospel is when Jesus describes the woman anointing his feet as a woman who has shown great love. A woman who has shown great love. This perfectly describes Margaret and all women who have become by their circumstances single mothers and who do all they can to provide for themselves and their children. They are women who have shown great sacrificial love. May their witness lead us to like the Franciscan friars who took Margaret and her son in providing the necessities of life lead us to do the same when we encounter a single mother. And may we offer not only food and shelter, but love and compassion as well. In so doing, we will be showing great love. And that is holy work. Amen.
2: Almighty God, giver of life and love, we ask this night that you bless single parents. Grant them wisdom and devotion in the ordering of their common lives, that each may find strength in need, a counselor in perplexity, a comfort in sorrow, and companions in joy. And so knit their wills together in your will, and their spirits in your spirit, that they may live together with their children in love and peace all the days of their lives. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Please join me in the general thanksgiving prayer number one on page three. God of all mercies, Amen.
3: Let us bless
4: the Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: May God the Father, who by baptism adopts us as his children, grant you grace. May God the Son, who sanctified a home at Nazareth, fill you with love. May God the Holy Spirit, who has made the church one family, keep you in peace. Amen.